feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight, the world is on edge. Word from the leader of Hamas. This is the guy who is the chief Hamas leader. He is based in Qatar, where he serves as the head of the Hamas uh, diaspora office. Can you believe that? That there's actually somebody of that title. His name is Khalid Meshal, quite well known in terrorist circles and in U.S. intel circles, and he is calling for a day of global protests, a day of global jihad, this Friday the 13th. How scary is that? Calling on the Muslim world, he says, the Islamic world needs to stage protests and let their voices be heard. Quote, to all scholars, to all who teach and learn, this is a moment for the application of jihad. That is a chilling message coming just a few hours ago from someone who is very well known in the Hamas circles. Also saying we must head to the squares, to the streets of the Arab and Islamic world on Friday. It is time. This is a scary, scary premise coming from someone who is, again, highly revered, in the Hamas circles. We're going to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby show as the stakes are rising in the war in Israel. We also know uh, the White House putting out the message not that long ago that 22 Americans have been killed. That's up. There was 14 yesterday. Now 22 have been killed that they know of so far. And also that 17 Americans, as we are speaking are still missing at this hour, and they confirm that there are several hostages of Hamas, they believe, in Gaza. The stakes could not be higher tonight. What can the U.S. do? What should the U.S. do? And especially as we are hearing these chilling words again coming from a leader of Hamas. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, protests taking place all over the world. Listen to this chilling message coming. This is a anti-Israeli message. Uh, they seem to not be hiding anywhere, uh, which to me is just repulsive and disgusting. This is coming from Muslims in Australia at the Australia Opera House. And I could not believe my ears and eyes when I heard this one. How disgusting and reprehensible is that uh, saying gas the Jews? That is what they are actually chanting outside of the Sydney, Australia Opera House. Uh, That is reprehensible. It is repugnant. And shame on anybody who participated or turned a blind eye uh, to what we are hearing. When you hear gas the Jews, that to me is absolutely chilling. And, and I just want to say tonight, 
as the daughter of a Polish resistance fighter. My father grew up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto. He heard these same chants when he was there in World War II of what was going on and what they did to the Jews and and the horrendous things they were doing to the Jews. First, they came after them in the ghetto. Then they came after the Polish Catholic fighters like my father. My father used to talk about people jumping out of the windows that he would see right at the Warsaw Ghetto. He grew up, he was a young teenage boy, and suddenly they were surrounded and they could hear the screams. And my father was trying to help those inside of the ghetto. This is what I grew up hearing the stories about, finally my father sharing them. But my father just always used to talk about how courageous the Jewish people were and the guts of the Jewish people and of the Jewish fighters when everything was against them. And they were outnumbered, outmanned, outgunned, had no weapons, nothing to defend themselves, and they were fighting like like lions. And that's what my father grew up hearing about and seeing right there, right literally, you know, in front of his eyes. My father, even in his 80s, telling me the stories, tears in his eyes as he was telling me some of the horrors and things that he saw. Many of my father's friends were taken to Auschwitz. So when I hear tonight these chants saying, gas the Jews, this repugnant phrase coming from a public opera house, I am disgusted and I am so disheartened and I'm so angry that there are people that still say that. Here we are in 2023. Your thoughts tonight, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is also uh, a speaker at a rally and listen to what this individual had to say. This is in America. So don't let them get it twisted. This is not complicated. When you go to a Black Lives Matter rally, you see Palestinian flags. When you go to a white supremacy rally, you see Israeli flags. This is not complicated. When Zionists march down the street, they say death to Arabs. When we march down the street, we say free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. This is not difficult, everybody. That's at a Black Lives Matter rally in Chicago. That is in our country. Who is the speaker from a Black Lives Matter group? And who are the people in the audience chanting back? This is a frightening period in the world. And I am deeply, deeply concerned and deeply worried where this is headed. Here's also protesters on both sides. I didn't know there were two sides. I thought it was uh, those who are fighting for democracy, those who are being slaughtered, uh, children who have even been beheaded. I didn't think there was another side, but here are both sides at a rally in New York City last night. United! 
unbelievable to hear both sides. And by the way, there were thousands of people at that rally last night. It was uh, near the U.N., near the Israeli mission, and it was packed. And there were people on the other side, as you just heard, shouting back, uh, saying, you know, free Palestine. There were people chanting Bravo to Hamas. Is there anybody out there that actually thinks that what Hamas is doing deserves any sort of applause other than condemnation? This is shocking. Some of the stories we're hearing now of reporters who got into one of the kibbutz, one of the villages there, one of the settlements, seeing babies who were beheaded, seeing women who had been raped and mutilated. There is nothing to be cheering about. This is shock and horror, and this needs to be condemned in the strongest sense. And yet, even in academia, there are a number of universities in this country where there's some students out there, these student groups that are out there cheering for Hamas and condemning Israel. There are members of Congress. There are members of the Democratic Socialists of America, like Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, A number of these people who think that what Israel is doing now, defending itself and going on the counterattack, is a bad thing. Who are these people? Earlier tonight, I talked to Congressman Mike Lawler, who was saying these people should get kicked out of Congress. They are unfit for office. And I agree. How dare they represent the United States and pretend like that's a value of this country? How could anyone stand by and say this is okay? That there's two sides to the story. There's not two sides. You go into a village and you slaughter a one-month-old baby. Is Is there another side to that? Forgive me. I don't think there's another side. I am so upset and I'm so angry tonight. And I'm so worried about where this is headed. Because this is just the beginning. Israel is preparing to do a ground offensive. It's going to happen probably in the next few days. I talked to a brigadier general earlier tonight who is right there on the front lines. He's the former head of IDF. And they are massing on the border of Gaza. There are now more than 300,000 reservists who have been called up. And that's probably going to happen any day because the Israeli forces have to go in, hopefully get some of these hostages out, Americans, Israelis, there's Italians, there's other nationalities. Hopefully they get some of those hostages out. And then the next mission is to level Gaza. They're already hitting it from the air, but they are planning on going full force urban fighting. This is going to be horrendous. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be brutal. This is urban warfare at its toughest because these people, the Hamas fighters, they don't care if they live or die. And they sadly don't care if the hostages do either. And they have Americans in there now. What do we do? Well, here is Alan Dershowitz, who says he cannot believe that there are actually universities, schools in this country that are allowing students and even staff out there. There's been reports of staff lately condemning Israel and saying bravo, basically, to Hamas. Take a listen to what Professor Alan Dershowitz has to say. He was also a longtime professor at Harvard University. And guess what? A number of Harvard students came out. And we're trashing Israel and supporting Hamas. Luckily, finally, the president of Harvard University came out with a very tepid condemnation. It was two days late and way too brief. 
Larry Summers, who was the former president of Harvard, came out and said it's reprehensible. Thank goodness Larry Summers spoke out. I wish the current leader had a little more courage, too. Here is Professor Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is with us. Professor, we've been friends a long time. I know this is deeply personal for you. I, I, I haven't spoken to you about it, but I just know. I know. I just spoke to my cousin in State Road. Uh, several of his congregates were killed. Massacres occurred uh, literally right in front of him. Harvard has not done the right thing. The president of Harvard, the board of overseers, ought to treat these clubs as if they were the Ku Klux Klan club advocating the lynching of Jews. That's what Black Lives Matter in Chicago was doing, advocating the lynching of Jews. That's what Amnesty International at Harvard is doing, advocating the lynching of Jews. These are lynchings. These are comparable to what happened in the 1920s and the 1930s in the South. And we shouldn't mince words about that. I want the name of every student who has ever signed a petition supporting these rapists and murderers, I want their names to be revealed. We succeeded in one case today. A woman named Rina Workman, the head of the Student Bar Association at NYU, talked about how it was necessary to rape and murder. And you know what happened? Her offer as a lawyer was rescinded by the law firm. Thank you, law firm, for doing that. Would anybody want, as a lawyer, a woman who advocated rape and murder, a woman advocating rape. That's what's going on in these universities. But we're not treating them like the Ku Klux Klan. They have free speech rights, just like the Nazis and the Klan have free speech rights. But universities have an obligation to condemn these groups as forcefully as they would condemn the Ku Klux Klan. They are not doing it. Harvard's not doing it. Yale's not doing it. Columbia's not doing it. City University of New York is not doing it. It's a shame. It has to be done with the same vociferousness. Absolutely. This is shocking. Let's go to the calls. 1-800-848-9222. Elena, your thoughts about this. This is this to me is stunning to see anybody saying, you know, a bravo to Hamas. It is gut wrenching to hear what's happening, especially women, children, brutalized, killed. Uh, Elena, this is horrible. That that is true. And Rita, just like you know firsthand information about uh, false incarceration for political reasons with your father, uh, I know that firsthand with my family from Ukraine. Rita, I just want to say one thing. Rita, thank you for bringing attention, the world's attention, to these atrocities. And on Friday, I will light the candle for the souls of those innocent victims. The Jews helped Ukrainians when Ukrainians were attacked by Russia with atrocities. We must stand with the Jews and pray for them as well. Absolutely. Elena, we got to pray for them. we got to pray for the world. we got to pray for freedom. Um, yes. Elena, thank you. Uh, please, I'm going to try to go too, by the way, on Friday and light a candle too because – uh, I am so worried where things are headed um, in this world. And it's just it is so uh, gut wrenching and heartbreaking. And I can't imagine uh, the people there that are going through this right now. Elena, thank you very, very much. Uh, we'll continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Well, it has been more than five days, and tonight I am praying for those American hostages. I'm praying for all the hostages. The White House saying that they believe that there's probably about 150 hostages. There may be more. Israel also believes that, too. Overall, in terms of American hostages, there are 17 people, they say, that are missing. And that number could go up or it could go down. And they say that they believe for sure some of them are hostages of Hamas. What should America do and how could there be, even at universities and other public places across this country, where we see people saying, death to Israel, Uh, they got what they deserved, Uh, they shouldn't come back and attack, they're the aggressor. Where are people coming from? This, to me, is a good versus evil. And when people are on a jihad, there is no gray. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Line four. Dom, your thoughts. Rita, you know, I'm really sad for the people that got butchered in in Israel, including all the Americans and the thousands of, uh, you know, Israelis. But this is what you get. When you mix religion and politics, it's an explosive combination that gives any politician with no moral compass to brainwash people and then make them behave like sheep and animals. People like Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, AOC, holding positions of power in Congress in one of the greatest countries in the world really disgust me, not only because of what they're saying publicly, because, but also because none of them in their heart of hearts, if they open their conscience, they really don't believe what they're saying. They're take, saying it for political reasons. And that's what really makes me want to puke. You know, that's so disgusting. I don't think they believe what they're saying. That's the problem I have with this whole thing. Yeah. And, by, you know, by the way, Dom, you very well may be right that they don't believe it, uh, but they continue. And, and you know what's interesting, Dom? There was, I think it was a Fox reporter was following, it was Rashida Tlaib down the hallway saying, will you condemn the Hamas attacks? Asked over and over again. She wouldn't condemn them. I mean, silence is deafening, especially in this case. Uh, how could you not know if you should condemn it? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents... And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, honoring our great men and women in law enforcement, a story coming from London, Kentucky, where a police officer, Sergeant Troy Truitt, is being hailed a hero for his actions in saving a young boy from drowning. Officials at the police department said that a little joyous two-year-old boy excitedly jumped into a pool at a birthday party without his life jacket. The boy's mother quickly jumped in and pulled him out of the water, but sadly the boy was reportedly blue and unresponsive without a pulse. Sergeant Troy Truitt rushed to the child's aid. He recognized that the child was very dire situation, cleared the air, and began administering CPR. After a few chest compressions and a couple of rescue breaths, the child regained consciousness and began breathing again thanks to Truett's insightful and critical actions. The police department said that Sergeant Truett's dedication to public safety and his quick thinking 
in the face of a life-threatening situation, served as an inspiration to us all. And for his exceptional work, the officer will receive the life-saving award and a medal for his actions. Well, we, of course, are talking about the dire situation in Israel. And as we are hearing just these horrific stories of what is happening, uh, the continued pounding from Hamas, now, of course, Israel doing the counter-strikes, also troops amassing on the border. Uh, regardless of that, now we are uncovering some of the most horrific scenes we have ever heard of. One little settlement, one town, uh, apparently 10% of the town has been slaughtered. And apparently there are stories like that over and over and over again. This is gut-wrenching. This is difficult stuff. And I've been over there in the Mideast. I interviewed Yasser Arafat many times, uh, many Israeli leaders. I've interviewed Benjamin Netanyahu. I was over there also interviewing Ariel Sharon and Shimon Perez, all of these people. I understand a lot of what's going on, the history between the two sides. They've always been at a disparate place. But Hamas stepping in has just put fuel on the flames and intensified it like never before. And when Hamas got elected to be the leaders of Gaza, uh, that was an unbelievable moment because that said that that area was surrendering to the terrorists. And now the terrorists want to take over all of Israel. And they want to take over all of the world. If you listen to some of the comments that they are making, this is such a dangerous time in the world. This is such a deeply concerning time in the world. And good people, I'm talking about good Palestinian leaders, good Israeli leaders, good American leaders, good people from all walks of life. Doesn't matter your race, color, creed, need to come together and stand up against what is clearly pure evil being unleashed on Israel at a time where the world is just in such a chaotic state. Look at what's going on in Ukraine. Look at what's going on between China and Taiwan, North Korea, Russia. There are so many issues happening here. This is such a troubling time in the world. And to have this happen right now basically has put, I think, the world on fire. And every place is now buckling up because we have a wide open southern border. And that is a very dangerous, dangerous combination for our homeland as well. And I'm just deeply, deeply concerned. There are so many issues here, and this is really serious, tough stuff. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. Meantime, we have students in places like Harvard. I mean, one of the premier universities by far in the world, one of the top Ivy League universities. There were dozens of student groups who signed a letter blaming Israel for Hamas's violent assault over the weekend. I'm happy to see that there's been a lot of backlash. A number of people, graduates, very well-known graduates of Harvard are coming out and saying, uh, you know what, uh, let's put the names out there of these students so they never, ever get hired on Wall Street or somewhere else. There was a case also at NYU where one of the student leaders who was bashing Israel apparently had a job offer from a major law firm 
that law firm has rescinded the offer, and I'm very happy about that. I don't like to see people lose their jobs, but that says a lot about someone's moral character if they're out there bashing Israel at this time and proudly publicly talking about it and then thinks that everything's okay, that they could get hired. I think when you hire people, you hire them on skills, but you also hire them on their moral compass, and you hire them who they are and their abilities and their character. And I think it says a lot about someone's character. Here is Senator Lindsey Graham blasting Harvard and other schools as well. Take a listen. The Israelis, when they say never again, they mean it. They mean it. And to Cornell West and the Black Lives Matter group who believes that Israel's responsible, that's I thought you were smart people. To the kids at Harvard, you're blaming the Israelis. Please. This is just absolutely appalling, disgusting to the Secretary General of the United Nations, who I consider a friend. You said today we had to understand this conflict in a greater context. My uh, friend, Hamas BS. doesn't want us to state two-state solution. They want to kill the Jews just like the Nazis did. I am tired of appeasing uh, the, uh, Hamas, apologizing for them. They want to kill Israel, so does the Iran. The Ayatollah wants to destroy the Jewish state. They don't want to coexist with Israel. This is not a land problem, a boundary problem. It's, it's a problem of you cannot live in my world. My God determines that you die. The Germans believed that the Jews were inferior people, and their goal and the final solution was to eradicate the Jewish people. Well, Iran and Hamas believes that the Jewish people should die as a result of religious teachings. We're in a religious war here. I am with Israel. Do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself. Level the place. Level the place. Those are the words from Lindsey Graham. I'll tell you a story. When I was over there interviewing Ariel Sharon uh, at the Negev, at his farm in the Negev in Israel years ago, I remember we were walking around. There was an orange that was kind of starting to shake. It was in the middle of his farm, this beautiful farm. And he said, you know, feel free to pick that orange. I go to pick the orange. Right behind it was a scope from a sharpshooter. There were sharpshooters every single, like, feet, it seemed like, all over his farm. They were there to protect him because there was such a threat against the then prime minister of Israel and the Jewish people. That is what they have lived with for decades, and now it is a powder keg. And this is really scary stuff because now that Hamas has put out the word calling for this global day of jihad, they are looking for a fight and they are brutalizing women and children. The boundaries have been far crossed by these people for decades And Israel says they have to go in and finish Hamas once and for all, not just for Israel, but for the world. This is really tough stuff. And everybody is just bracing, whether you're in Israel, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with you. But thousands of miles away, we all know somebody in that area or have a friend of a friend. Uh, I have friends whose relatives are missing. There's some really scary stuff going on right now, and it is horrific. And all I have to say is pray for Israel and pray for peace. Meantime, New York City Mayor Eric Adams was at a pro-Israel rally yesterday and happy to see that he was there showing his support for Israel. Everything is not fine. Israel has a right to defend 
himself, and that's the right that we know. Your fight is our fight. Your fight is our fight. Your thoughts, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Patty, line five. Uh, Patty, this is tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Rita? I am. I find myself so upset so much that I think to myself, this is why are we always separating the countries and this is Israel and this is this and that. We're human beings. How does any human being justify the barbaric insanity of this? And I'll tell you what, the people in New Jersey, the people in New York that are cheering and think this is great, why don't we just get them the hell out of here, I'm sorry to say. Let's deport them. Let's send them someplace and let them see what this is like. The horrible, horrible things that are happening. I cry constantly over the babies. I think it's so horrible. I can't deal with this. And I, I can't even sleep from it. It's so horrible. It is. And it how is. do we as human beings do this? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know you're right. How, what what kind of a, I use the phrase monster, because what kind of a, of a person, uh, these are animals, these are savages, to go into home and and slaughter women and children, babies, beheading babies. Uh, I, I mean, it's unconscionable. It is literally shocking the conscience. It's so horrific. And we thought we heard some of the, and there were horrific stories coming out of Ukraine. But now this is really just like brutality at its worst. And, and this is so horrible to hear. And you're right. Um, and by the way, you know, there are these folks out there that are saying, you know, oh, it's two sides. Guess what Hamas is doing? There are reports tonight that Hamas is not letting the Palestinian people that are in Gaza because Israel has said, guess what? You know, we're bombing you right now. And it's apparent because they're pounding them. Obviously, this is the, the retribution, the counterattack. But they also said, we're going to be going in soon. It's going to get a lot worse. This is just the beginning. So Israel has telegraphed that and said, to the Palestinian people, get out of Gaza because we're about to take over the place. We're about to level the place. So I'm advising you, uh, the good citizens that are there that maybe don't want to be there or or don't like at all what's being done to Israel, you can get out. And Hamas is blocking the borders. Not only is Israel obviously protecting their borders, but more importantly, Hamas is apparently not letting them out either. They want to use these people as human shields. I mean, they want to use their own people as human shields, and then they want to use the hostages as human shields. That's how sick these people are. I mean, I, there is no justice. Uh, you know, it, it is shocking the conscience. Um, Patty, thank you so much. And I agree. Just pray for the people there in Israel. And uh, and let's just pray uh, that the bad guys, I hope that they're leveled, you know, because if Israel leaves some people standing and some of their infrastructure standing, guess what? They're going to come back again because these people are fanatics. Patty, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Al, line seven. Al, uh, what do we got to do and what does Israel got to do? Yeah, Rita, I just want to touch on what you said before, you know, with the hate speech in Australia near the, the famed Sydney Opera House. Uh, it's really reprehensible what took place there. When you think about the terrible experience that people had to go through with the Holocaust at uh, Auschwitz. When you think about 
the late Elie Wiesel with his book Night, and when you think about Viktor Frankl and the man's search for meaning, you know the world right now is very dangerous and we're in a bad place. Yeah, you know we definitely are. Um, and by the way, Elie Wiesel, um, I was with him at one of his last events. I think it was his last public event. I had the honor of being on the stage with him and talking with him. I loved Ellie Wiesel. What a hero because of what he endured. Um, And and you're right. You know, to sit there, can you imagine, Al? Like you just said, you know, you think about what that that period um, in history is so uh, reprehensible. It's so disgusting, the Holocaust. I can't think of anything more horrific of what was done to the Jewish people and for people to actually in modern times to be standing in a country like Australia, an educated country, a free country like Australia, that you're standing out there and shouting gas, the Jews, this is 2023 and they're getting pounded over there by these ruthless savages, as we just described. Uh, I mean, uh, what do you think is going on in their mind, Al? That where where could anybody? It's almost it's almost. I had to like hear it to believe that it was actually happening. And then when I saw it was in Sydney, Australia, it it, it get me it got me really sick and really disenchanted, Al. Uh, that there actually would be individuals showing their faces out there proudly chanting that. Um, Al, uh, what what goes through the mind of somebody like that? You know, I'm not, you know, I was taken back myself. I couldn't believe that, you know, civilized people. And when I thought about Australia, I said I couldn't believe that that was taking place. But it, it's just such a shame. But uh, hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, the situation in the Middle East will improve. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's just it's terrible that there was such a security breach there. Uh, in Israel, I, I can't still get over that they were able to penetrate uh, the Mossad and to get into uh, the, you know Israel's boundaries there. But that's for uh, another day. Uh, what's good is that you see a unified government now in Israel. Yep. The country is united, and they'll do what they have to do in the next couple of days or whenever they feel is the right time. No, you're right. They are fighting for their survival and they're united with that mission in mind because that is the only thing that matters right now. But you're right. A uh, huge breach in security. Also, uh, U.S. didn't apparently have any intel on it either. Usually we tip off or they tip us off. Uh, it doesn't sound like that happened. I did see a report, by the way, and I brought this up on the show a couple days ago, but I saw more of this just a few hours ago that Egypt, the country of Egypt, uh, according to Mike McCall, who's on the House Armed Forces Committee, House uh, Foreign Affairs Committee, and the congressman said that he had information or was repeating that there was information of some sort from Egypt indicating something big was going to happen. And it was three days before this attack. So we need to find out more about that. Uh, obviously, just as you said, for them to penetrate uh, the Israel Iron Dome, that is an astounding feat. Um, and to pull the wool over what I think is one of the greatest uh, intel agencies in the world, Mossad, uh, that it is a stunning movement. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, questioning afterwards. But right now, a fight for survival is the key. Al, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this big news night. The Rita Cosby Show.
And we are talking about, of course, the latest in Israel, huge developments, as we are now hearing that 22 Americans have been killed and that 17 are missing, many believed to be hostages of Hamas. And I remember right after 9-11, I was over in the Mideast. I interviewed then-Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat. And the bombing was taking place at the time. I remember there was dust coming from the Israeli missiles that were being shot into the Makata, which was his compound there in the West Bank when I was interviewing him. And I remember him saying, oh, we just closed the Hamas office. And he and I got into a fight because I said to him, why didn't you do it sooner? They've been around for years and you've been in power for years. Because he was trying to take credit. They closed them. I think it was like a few days before. I said, where have you been all these other years where you've been in power? You didn't do anything. So I was trying to kind of pull the wool off, if you will, and expose a little bit of the hypocrisy. But at the end of the interview, he said something to me, and I'll never forget it. He knew I was going to speak the next day to the leader of Israel, then Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon. And he said to me, Rita, please pass a message on to Ariel Sharon, because, of course, they didn't speak. And he said, please tell him I would like to have peace. If not for this generation, if not for my children, let's try to do it for our grandchildren. Let's try. I did pass it on to Ariel Sharon when I spoke with him the next day. There was a brief period of peace, albeit very brief, but the world quickly turned around there in the Mideast, and there were quickly bullets and rockets flying in different directions. Uh, I think it was weeks later. Now, here we are. This is 22 years later, and look what is happening now in that same part of the world. Hamas still creating hell on earth, and the Palestinian people trying to figure out what to do. Some siding, many with Hamas, some saying... Let's get out of the Palestinian territories. This is hell on earth, and especially for Israel that has been slaughtered by these terrorists. The timing doesn't escape me as we're looking now two decades later, and sadly, nothing has changed. If anything, it has gotten so much worse. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. When we come back, we're going to continue, everybody, with your calls on this huge news night. Also, the White House still refusing to say that Iran played any role. For some reason, they're afraid to implicate Iran, just like Biden's been afraid to take China to task, anybody else to task. What is going on? This policy of appeasement is not working, not just for America, but for the world. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, 
tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. Boy, are developments happening fast and furious. Uh, There are still many Americans who are missing. We're also seeing images and hearing stories of people who lost their entire family to the Hamas terrorists. And the world is bracing because Israel is amassing troops. They also have some troops in the northern part. Uh, because there was apparently a rocket that was shot from Lebanon, which is Hezbollah, which is also backed by Iran uh, on the northern part of Israel. And then, of course, further to the south and to the west, there is Gaza. And there are apparently hundreds of thousands of Israeli troops just waiting for the word of when they will go in and start probably some of the most difficult urban fighting the world has ever seen. And when you hear these stories, to me it is stunning that there are some members of the media who are trying to wrestle with, uh, should we call them terrorists or should we call them gunmen? Also, there's a report that it's Canadian Broadcasting apparently has come out and They're telling their reporters, don't use the word terrorist to describe Hamas. They're trying to be, what, politically correct? Or do they actually believe that maybe the Hamas are not terrorists, that what they've done, terrorizing women, children, killing them, raping them, beheading kids, that's not a terrorist? If that's not a terrorist, I don't know what is. To me, it is stunning that there are members of the media And bosses at some media organizations that are trying to, like, figure out what's the nicest thing that we can say about Hamas or to say about uh, to be, quote, fair to both sides. There's no both sides here, guys. It's pretty obvious that this is a country that was slaughtered, women and children, that they came in. The Hamas terrorists came in and brutalized the country of Israel. And to me, it is just mind-blowing that there are members of the media that are saying, well, oh, we can't really, it's not a nice thing to call them a terrorist. Call them what they are. They are terrorists. They are killers. They are ruthless. There are no rules with these people. If they're going to go in and bomb a children's hospital, if they're going to go into a kibbutz and rape women and slaughter babies, Uh, What else do you call them? I call them a terrorist. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is a little bit. This is Danny Danan. He's the former consul uh, from Israel. And this is what he is describing as what's happening to his country. You cannot look for any logic when you deal with terrorists. You know, there is no logic for 9-11, no logic for ISIS. And, and those barbaric terrorists, you know, they unprovoked, they attacked us. They chose to attack communities and not military bases. And, you know, today we were exposed to horrible scenes here in Israel when we found the, the bodies of, of young children who were tied and were killed in, in a brutal manner. Some of them were burnt while they were uh, alive. Some of them were decapitated. You know, horrible thing they did to, to young children, to women. You know, those barbarics, uh, we have one thing to do, is to eliminate them. That's the only thing we can do, and we shouldn't look for any reasoning or explanation, because I don't think we can find one. Yeah, there isn't any explanation. 
uh, what kind of a human being, if you even want to call them that, would go in to a village and do that and do it also at that music festival? It was a festival filled with people unarmed. They are talking about a peace. It was about peace in the Middle East. And they go in to the festival and abduct people and slaughter 260 people at that festival alone. That's absolutely a terrorist. And so even with all of that, we also have to be worried about what's going to happen here. I talked about the fact that this Hamas leader is calling for a global day of jihad on Friday the 13th appropriately. And so, boy, everybody's bracing. You can see there's extra security at synagogues and a whole bunch of places around America, very high-profile locations, also places where big crowds are gathering people are just beefing up security. And this is a time where we've got to be saying thank goodness for our law enforcement and our intel folks and everybody else, because, boy, do we need them now more than ever. And even New York City Mayor Eric Adams, he's been out at the protests supporting Israel. Uh, Bravo to him. And also the governor has also been out there. They've been condemning a lot of the people who've had these crazy Democratic socialists who've been saying, oh, well, Israel's the aggressor. Uh, shame on Israel, or they're scolding Israel for a counterattack. That's like saying to America after 9-11, yeah, don't come in and don't respond. How dare you, America? Give me a break. But here is Mayor Eric Adams saying that we also have to be worried about what could happen in New York City. Take a listen. Don't underestimate <coughs> a lone wolves. You know, people who are who are being radicalized online, and when you put out statements that I have, you know, I have read on some of these sites of you can motivate uh, terrible behaviors. But as the chief stated, uh, we are really monitoring sites and we are using a very sophisticated intel uh, team that we are extremely conscious of that, you know, there are those that could uh, exploit the situation. And so there are things that are seen. Uh, like our various teams that are out there, uh, but there are, there's a lot of unseen activity that uh, uh, Commissioner Weiner is doing uh, to make sure that we stay uh, on top of this. And all of the commanders that have the, the locations where we have high Jewish population, particularly in our Hasidic community, because they are a visible sign of the Jewish community. And so we know we need a, 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 a special attention there, Williamsburg, uh, Borough Park, uh, Rockaway, uh, Flatbush area. We are very conscious of this, and the police department is excellent at doing this. Yeah, the problem is we have a wide open southern border. And in New York alone, there's 120,000 plus illegal migrants that are in New York City that haven't been vetted. So guess what? That is actually very scary for every city in this country think about this wide open border where we've had more than 150 people on the terrorist watch list this fiscal year alone i was looking at some of the countries they've come from guess what iran syria russia mauritania the list goes on and on and on it's like uh, the bad guys summit crossing our southern border because they know it's wide open and they know they're not going to get stopped a few of them did thank goodness but it makes me wonder how many did not. And that's why you don't have a wide open border if you care to protect the homeland. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pat 
uh, line seven. Uh, Pat, this is a, a tough time. Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I sure can. Go ahead, Pat. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just want to share a little something with you. Uh, I was born in Red Bank, and um, somewhere in the early 60s, we moved more central into central Jersey, and it was a community It was predominantly Jewish. And the business people, I got to know them, and I remember seeing with horror their numbers on the inside of their wrist when they had survived the concentration camps. And I believe this is this is so demonic now because it's repeating itself. And the much more frightening thing is the people, the, the people who are anti-Israeli. Um, they're walking amongst us with this belief in their mind, and it's a repeat of everything that took place during the Holocaust. It is, and and obviously that was, you know, one of the, if not the darkest period, I think, ever in world history. And the thought that here we are so many years later that there are Mm -hmm. people who actually chant some of these just vicious, vile things and you're right, are living in the community. I, I agree with you. That's what's so startling, that there are people who are students in some schools. There are people that, you know, were protesting in, you know, Times Square or in front of the U.N. showing their faces. Um, it, it It is absolutely uh, shocking, I think, of the conscience, because I think all good people need to condemn this behavior. It shouldn't be uh, an issue of whether it's Palestinian or Jewish it should be Israeli. It should be good people banding in together. I, I 1,000% agree. Rita, if I may say, bless you for bringing this to the to the light for all of us to hear every night. And I'm so grateful that this is getting the exposure it needs to get. Well, Thank we you. we need to. Thank you so much, Pat. Um, and I, I feel your emotion. I hear it. Um, and my heart breaks that the world is experiencing this yet again. Um, it is just horrific. And I agree, good people need to stand up and say, we cannot have this in our world. We need to stand up. Good people need to bandy together. Uh, to me, there is no gray here. And I do agree that Israel is fighting for its survival. But also Hamas has made it very clear, uh, and the Iranians and others, when this incident, this horrible, these horrible attacks happened, within minutes, guess what was happening? The Iranian parliament was chanting, death to Israel, death to America. So guess what? If they continue, they will continue to try to do attacks in America and against American interests. They've already, uh, you know, uh, played roles in many other attacks, but this will not end. So that's why we have to root for Israel that they will be successful because they are fighting against sheer evil. And it must be eradicated. That's the only thing I think these people understand. And that's the harsh reality. But that is pivotal at this time when people think that it's okay uh, to be cheering. There is no other side. It, it is very clear to me what needs to be done. And that's it, it's it's tough stuff. But guess what? Uh, you don't want what these people were doing in Israel at those kibitzes, uh, at those kibitzes coming to a village near us or a village somewhere else or an American base somewhere nearby. 
Uh, this is really scary stuff. Like to me, I, I was very worried when I saw what was going on in Ukraine. I am so worried tonight of what's going on in the world. This to me is absolutely frightening because, as you said, they've got supporters all over the world. And who knows how many have crossed our southern border. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judy, line two. Uh, Judy, your thoughts. Rita, you talk about good people. You, you, Rita, you're good people. You are it. I call to say thank you. Thank you for speaking the truth. I am a daughter of Holocaust survivors. My father had those numbers on his arm. I grew up with no grandparents because they were burnt in the crematorium, in the gas chambers. They were gassed in the gas chambers and then put into crematoriums. I didn't have any grandparents. And these Nazis have reared their ugly heads again, and now their name is Hamas. And they cut off babies' heads. Rita, this world is full of lies, but there's few people like you. You speak the truth. And for this, I call to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you in the name of Israel. Thank you in the name of the Jewish people. Thank you in the name of the grand- my grandparents. Thank you, Rita. We love you, Rita. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much. And and uh, I'm thinking of your, your grandparents and their incredible courage, obviously, tonight. Um, and in the name of their Rita, name and freedom, Rita, we got to do it. Beautiful, Rita, I have the most beautiful daughter and the most gorgeous son-in-law. And they're stuck in Jerusalem right now. And I pray for them. And I pray for everyone to be safe. And Rita, please, please never stop speaking the truth. Please never stop holding the light and the truth to the world. We love you, Rita. Thank you so much. I love you, Judy, and I love the Jewish people, and I love freedom. Thank you very, very much. Your your call really moved me. You can hear it. Thank you very much. We're going to take more calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are continuing your calls on this very difficult night for the world as we are seeing some of the horrors of these just brutal, horrific attacks by Hamas on Israel. Um, Judy, you made me cry. I'm telling you um, just to hear what your family went through. Um, and my father growing up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto, we understand and we understand what is at stake. I want to play this is cut 12. Um, This is Rachel Goldberg, and she's the mother of an American hostage who is praying, praying that her son is going to be freed. Take a listen to this. Stairs to wake my two daughters so we could get into the bomb shelter in Jerusalem. When we um, got out 10 minutes later with the all clear, I normally don't use my phone on the Jewish Sabbath, but it was an emergency and I needed to know where my son was. So I turned my phone on, I believe at 8.23 in the morning. And when I turned it on, there were two texts in a row from Hirsch at 8.11. The first one said, I love you. And immediately at 8.11 also it said, I'm sorry. 
And so I knew immediately wherever he was, it was a terrible situation. I took it to mean I love you and I'm sorry because whatever is going to happen is going to cause you tremendous pain and worry. What a gut-wrenching ordeal. And she is praying her son will be found alive. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, your thoughts. Hey, Mike. Call us back, Mike, because we're losing you. Let's go to Dave in Florida, line two. Dave, your thoughts. Yes. Hi, Rita. Shin Dobre. Jen Dobre. How are you? Thank you. I'm actually um, half Polish and half Ukrainian and uh, also half Jewish. Oh, beautiful. And, uh, beautiful. My, my wife has family in Israel. She's been crying nonstop because uh, her cousins have little children. Uh, they have a four-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a ten-year-old. And uh, they, they're hiding in a bunker inside their apartment. It's a steel bunker, and it, it's horrific, you know. And she's in contact with them. Thank God they're okay. Thank but, goodness. Uh, also, what I wanted to say was I'm a retired uh, NYPD officer. I was working that day of 9-11. I worked at Ground Zero for about uh, 10 months straight. And uh, I know exactly what the people of Israel are going through. And uh, I, I can't understand how anybody could, uh, you know, justify murdering little children, infants, babies. I, I agree. Going on. Yeah, and and for shock and awe. Uh, real, yeah, real quick, Dave. And also, the, uh, Dave, do me a favor. We got a heartbreak, unfortunately, but call us back, Dave. Thank you very much for your service, too. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great veterans and also their families. A really powerful story coming from Jonesboro, Georgia, where retired Army Colonel Harriet Lewis Staten was honored at the County Board of Commissioners meeting, chosen as Veteran of the Month. She was the first in her family to graduate from high school, attend and graduate college, and the only one of her siblings to serve in the military. And she served on active duty in the Army for 24 years. She was a logistics officer who commanded two headquarter companies, taught ROTC students at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and she also culminated her Army career as the executive officer to the deputy commanding general of the Army Reserve Command at Fort McPherson. So she had a very, very storied career. By the way, she's also a member of the Atlanta Metro Chapter of the National Association of Black Military Women, Military Officers Association of America, and many other organizations. She is now retired, but says that she loves to travel, shop, dance, spend time with her family and friends, and also honor our veterans. What a beautiful story. So to her and all of our great women veterans, thank you for your service, your courage. Uh, what a trailblazer she certainly is and certainly deserves to be called Veteran of the Month. Bravo to her and, of course, all of our great members of the military. Well, of course, the U.S. military is on high alert 
and definitely aiding Israel. The war, as you know, has just started a few days ago, and already the U.S. Gerald Ford has sent in a fleet there. They are right there in the Mediterranean. There's word that another carrier could be coming soon. We also know that a plane came in uh, carrying U.S. munitions uh, because they are supplying munitions, bullets and other things to Israel because they know that this is a very important fight. Israel said they are ready to do the fight themselves, but they certainly could use more munitions, more money, and other things. And they may be fighting it eventually on two fronts. Of course, they got Gaza, but then, as I mentioned, there's also been reports of issues coming from the north, from Hezbollah, also sponsored by Iran. So in the middle of all this, remember, it wasn't that long ago, Our president was talking about climate change as the biggest threat. I'm sorry, as we're talking tonight, does anyone out there actually think that climate change is the biggest threat in the world? I'm worried about a nuclear bomb. I'm worried about a a jihadist. I'm not worried about climate change. This is not existential threat. So just recently, Martha McCallum on Fox was asking John Kirby. He's the National Security Council spokesperson at the White House Does the president still stand by that? And listen to this exchange. Basically, John Kirby said, yeah, that he still thinks the existential threat is climate change. Are you kidding me? Take a listen. Given all the nuclear players in these two areas where we are now engaged, John, does the president stand by that comment? Absolutely, he does. Climate change is an existential threat. It could, you know, it actually threatens and is capable of wiping out all human life on Earth uh, over time. I mean, that's I don't know how more existential you can get to that. But that doesn't mean that we walk away from our obligations, our national security interests in very dangerous parts of the but world. John, you mentioned he, he said it was more frightening than a nuclear war. Is that it's more frightening than a nuclear war in this moment? The president believes wholeheartedly that climate change is an existential threat to the all of human life on the planet that's just science that's a fact martha but it doesn't mean that we turn our back on the other challenges facing this country and our allies and partners around the world we've got broad national security commitments literally globally and we've got to mind all of them at the same time you mentioned two of them uh, obviously israel right now certainly uh, ukraine over the last almost two years now uh, we are big enough and powerful enough and effective enough nation to be able to look after all these disparate national security threats. And one of them absolutely is climate change. Uh, Yeah, let's put climate change on the same par as a nuclear weapon. Uh, These people are nuts. And so John Kirby, again, no surprise, here he is at the White House, and John Kirby is asked about the role that Iran plays in the recent attacks by Hamas. Now, there's no doubt Iran is the backer of Hamas. How do you think Hamas was able to bring all those rocket launchers, all those missiles? Uh, That's a huge endeavor of what they did to come in in this surprise attack against Israel. There's no way that they did not have the support of their biggest backer, their biggest trainer. There's reports also, by the way, that the Wall Street Journal has said that they even got it from senior Hamas leaders, that they were being trained in Iran for several weeks prior to this, and intense training, a whole bunch of stuff. And yet, for some reason, this White House doesn't want to point the finger at Iran. I think they don't want to point the finger at them because they know what that means. That means they have to do something about Iran. And what are you going to do, just turn a blind eye to the biggest backer of terrorism, Hamas and Hezbollah? 
and just pretend like, oh, no, they just suddenly popped up one day. Let's not go after the mastermind, the financier. But here is John Kirby. Listen to this exchange at the White House today when he keeps getting asked, wait, there's no evidence that they played a role in this attack. They just want to narrow it to Hamas. They're trying to be PC. Listen to this verbal salad between the reporter. This is Jackie Heinrich of Fox News asking John Kirby the question. Can you define what the direct link is when you guys talk about Iran not being involved, no direct link? What is a what do you consider to be a direct link? So what I'm referring to there is um, any any evidence that we have that they were knowledgeable of and aware of these particular attacks. Now, of course, as Jake said yesterday, you know it, it, that they were obviously have been broadly aware of Hamas's hostility to Israel um, and to some of the broad planning that that uh, Hamas would do. But we haven't seen anything that tells us they knew specifically date, time, method you know, that they were that they were witting to, to this. Um, it, we haven't seen anything that tells us they specifically cut checks to support this set of attacks or that they were involved in the training. And that obviously, this required quite a bit of training by these uh, terrorists. Um, uh, or that they were involved in any directing of the operation. So, again, I'll get to your, I, I promise, I, I don't want you, I'm not trying to mo- mon- you know, monopolize the time here, but we're, we're, it's, it's not a, you know, we're not one and done here either. We're going to continue to look at the intelligence stream and see if it leads us to a different conclusion. All I can do is be honest with you about the conclusions we're coming to today, and we just haven't seen that. You kind of answered my follow-up, which is, is it the position of the administration that at this stage Iran was not involved? I guess my my question is, how can we know that this was in the planning for over a year and within a few short days say that Iran was not behind it? Because that's what we think. Because we've been looking at it. It is the position then? What we think now, again, we have not seen any evidence, specific evidence, that Iran was directly involved with these specific sets of attacks. That doesn't mean that, yeah, I mean, look, we're going to keep looking at it. I, the book's not closed on it. We're going to keep looking at that. But uh, that's just where we are right now. Uh, just like you're protecting the border, just like uh, you didn't leave anyone behind in Afghanistan. Uh, it didn't sound very convincing. Clearly, they do not want to go after the mastermind. Because they're trying to make a deal with Iran, and they just unfroze $6 billion. I'm very happy to say James Comer is investigating those $6 billion. They're actually launching now a probe to look into the $6 billion. Thank goodness, because how could that ever happen? Well, I don't think this U.S. administration, this Biden administration, wants us to know. And speaking of Afghanistan, which I brought up before, this is an interesting conversation Earlier today on Katz and Cosby, John Katzimatidis and I were talking to General Amir Avivi. He is the former brigadier general in the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Forces. This is Cut 29. And we asked him, John asked him a question about the weapons that have been found by Hamas, uh, asking maybe where they came from and listen to this answer. General, there's uh, many rumors going around that uh, equipment uh, 
United States equipment from Ukraine or Afghanistan it was being used against the Israelis. Can you confirm or deny or really don't know? I don't know that this is the case. And I want to take the opportunity to thank uh, President Biden for say, sending us uh, all the equipment we need in order to continue the fight uh, against Hamas. I, I will say this. There are a lot, a lot of weapons in Ukraine. Some of them go to the black market. Some of them um, could make their way to the Middle East. But most of the weapons we are actually seeing, which are American, are coming from Afghanistan, not from uh, Ukraine. You just heard it from the former head of IDF, who is still helping those with the Israeli Defense Forces there in Israel saying most of the weapons that they are seeing that they are finding from Hamas are coming from Afghanistan that are U.S. military equipment. That means that the $85 billion of U.S. equipment that we left behind, high and dry, that we easily could have put on many planes, dismantled it, blew it up, whatever you want to do with it, just don't leave it in the hands of the Taliban the Taliban is now starting to sell it to people all over the world, including terrorists like Hamas. Guess what? Uh, terrorists no terrorists. And so the Taliban has been selling it on the black market to other people in particular directly. Probably, hey, guess what I got? You want it? So how wild is that? That many of the weapons that we left behind in Afghanistan are now showing up in the hands of Hamas and being used against Israeli citizens. That, to me, is shocking and not surprising. Shocking because I think it's disgusting and you could have predicted it. Uh, And I think it is a sad tale of what happens when you leave equipment in the bad guy's hands. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know we never should have, A, left Americans behind, allies behind in Afghanistan, and we shouldn't have left $85 billion of equipment with ruthless thugs like the Taliban, who are now selling them to Hamas and elsewhere. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith, line two. Uh, Judith, uh, this is really uh, disconcerting that it's American equipment showing up that we left in in Afghanistan. Well, that's that's definitely, you know, no surprise there. Eighty five billion. OK, we left everything just tack, you know, just left the American people there. This is the Biden way of doing things, you know, uh, Rita. And, and I'll tell you something. Um, let me just let me bring it closer to home in in this thing. I heard someone today called Lee Smith. Have you ever heard of this guy, Lee Smith? Yeah, author. He's uh, he's written a couple books. Oh, you're terrific. Well, I didn't hear the ta- the first part of his interview, but he was being interviewed. And the stuff that he was saying there was a little bit mind-boggling. And I said, wow. Uh, he, number one, said Rob, Rob uh, Malley. Rob Malley, Obama put in right away when he became president as an Iranian envoy. And then when Biden came in 2021... Uh, Biden brought back Rob Malley as an Iranian envoy, but this Lee Smith says he's more of an Iranian agent. He's right there in the State Department. And with him, there is this group. He claims they're like four Iranian agents, and they're like, there's a spy ring, 
He calls it aspiring, and there's this woman, I couldn't make out her name, some Iranian. She has clearance to the highest levels. She's in the Pentagon, and she moved into, I think she's the assistant to the Secretary of Defense for the Special Operations. And what she has access to is all kinds of very sensitive information, uh, United States information, Israel information, and she kind of works on behalf of Iran. She passes it on to Iran, and she's right there under our nose. So, like, you wow. don't even know who to trust and what you to what to believe. And uh, Rita, I would love for you to maybe that George Soros was the one who, um, you know, he's the one that had this whole Iranian international crisis group. In that group, he claims there's an Iranian spying, and we've got someone right there in the Pentagon. And there's Rob Malley also. Yeah, because uh, there Iranian was an Iranian agent. By the way, there was a story, um, uh, just to back up what Lee was saying, there have been reports that this Rob Malley guy uh, was indeed like some sort of a Iranian agent, got scolded, I guess got outed, uh, and may no longer be there. Um, so... I think there's some merit, certainly, to what Lee Smith is saying. And Lee has done some some decent reporting. i got to get him on the show um, to share that story. And also, I've seen some of the reports that there's this assistant there um, in still at the Pentagon who's got, you know, obviously direct ties. If there's anybody uh, that is playing double side, they should obviously not be in the U.S. government uh, or in America, I would hope. You know, my goodness. Um, so I'm going to get to the bottom of that. Uh, you actually uh, triggered uh, my thoughts, too, Judith, because I was seeing some of the reports earlier. We talked about the spying. So a lot of what Lee is saying is correct. And it sounds like he's putting a lot of even more pieces together, too. So I'm going to look into it. Uh, Judith, thank you. You are terrific. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. Some of these crazy comments from the media keep on coming. We talked about the Canadian Broadcasting Company. Apparently, there's a message saying from the bosses, don't call Hamas terrorists. That That's political. Uh, in other words, don't give in to the politics. Are you kidding me? People who terrorize women and children, they're terrorists. And then you got the New York Times, apparently, who was mixing the words terrorists and gunmen substituting the word terrorist when they realize maybe that's not a nice thing to say to Hamas, that they should be called gunmen. And now we're hearing a report that's just coming out that the controversial editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar uh, is now sparking a lot of anger. Apparently, uh, on her Twitter feed, this story says that Samira Nasser, her father's Lebanese, her mother's from Trinidad, she wrote on her Instagram a little bit ago, saying cutting off water and electricity to 2.2 million civilians, this is the most inhumane thing I've seen in my life. She's referring to the Israelis who are trying to squeeze everybody in Gaza before they also go in and take out the terrorists. And she's saying the bad news is that the Israelis are responding, cutting off food and water electricity and water what about going into a family's home and slaughtering people babies children i I mean are you kidding me 
where where are these people coming from? Do they have a clue of what the Hamas is doing, these terrorists? There's one story about a dozen members of the same family, including three young girls who remain missing more than three days now after the terrorists stormed their Israeli kibbutz. And they have no idea where the whole family basically is. It's a family of 11, including three kids that remain missing at this moment. There is no sign of life of the entire family. There are reports of settlements where 10% of the settlement is gone. Can you imagine any village saying 10% of the population is gone? There are also stories about other kibbutzes, other settlements, where at least 100 bodies were found. Again, some of babies, some of women, some of teenagers. And she's worried about, uh, you know, electricity and water. Yeah, that isn't pretty. But guess what? I think what the Hamas did to the Jews is a little more serious. My goodness, what the heck is going on with these crazy people? They need to be called out, and the world needs to know who they are, that they actually think that, oh, that's so bad. Give me a break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, uh, line eight. Uh, Jacqueline, what do you make of this? This is, this is an editor of a prestigious publication. Well, you know, these, these lunatics, as I like to refer to them, uh, these, um, liberal lunatics, they're gonna just continue to, to say what they say. They twist and they contort everything. Um, and I, I want to give kudos to Judith, and this is one of the reasons why your show is so important. It's not only entertaining, but it's also so informative, and um, I didn't know anything about what she said, so I really appreciate that. Um, the other thing I wanted to contribute, I had watched um, a news program from the Catholic Channel that I watch, EWTN, and this is going back to the end of August, the beginning of September. There was a clip, a news clip on there about the um the prime minister of libya and he stated very emphatically that libya would never have any kind of normalized relations with israel not only that that was when there was um attacks and killings going on in israel and uh the libyan prime minister said that if anything happened uh to any of the lebanese people in syria that, uh, you know, Israel would pay a price. And at that time, they ousted, they got rid of their own foreign minister because she met, I think her name is something like Mamouche, something like that. Um, They got rid of her because in Italy, she met with Israel's foreign minister. So, you know, this is a very tangled web. Yes, Hamas is the leader of the pack, but there are a lot of cogs in this wheel. You know what? Uh, you bring up some really uh, powerful points. I'm also uh, breaking tonight, by the way, Jacqueline, and I agree with what you said about Judith, which uh, it was really insightful. Um, we're we're hearing that uh, Iran's uh, leader has spoken, apparently held a historic phone call a few hours ago with the Saudi crown prince. That's really interesting because the two countries definitely at odds. And, of course, we know the whole story about Saudi... Uh, and also, uh, you know, the peace deal with Israel that was in the works. So this is getting really interesting. Turkey also calling Israel's response to Hamas a massacre. Are you kidding me? The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.